Welcome to Unfiltered. I am Nanama Ajimana Sansi, as always. This is the week after the reading of the budget and the NDC's National Congress, you know, where they elected new executives to lead the party. But where does the NDC think they're going to? Are you ready to have them back? It's also the week after we learned from the reading of the budget that the government is going to give seed money for the construction of the cathedral. So, now that we know all that we know about the budget, the NDC's National Congress, and the General State of Affairs, I'm speaking to my colleagues who cover the news every day on their views. So this is a vox of journalists, and I'm here with Roberta Abikwe. Mm -hmm. Roberta, what are you? You have to tell my listeners what you do. Because I know you're a documentary maker. Mm -hmm. um, what are you? I see you with a camera, a lot of photographer. Videographer, yeah, oh. everything. So I, I film, I edit, I film just anything, um, news. But these days, I do more editing. Okay. Do you like that more than when you were doing the documentaries? And I know you because you did that documentary on. on is it Agona No, Gomakuti. Gomakuti. Oh, I go. Um, I don't know, but I've come to love what I create with a camera more. Okay. So. Even though I'm not doing radio anymore, I'm now doing editing, but okay. I do not enjoy it as much as when I pick the camera and I go and shoot something and come and create something out of it. Okay. So I miss doing that, but then editing is also making me learn. So, okay. yeah. You're doing. But I remember from that your report on Gomuakoti. Were you living in Gomuakoti? Yes, I was. That's where I was living before I moved to Accra. Okay. That's like five years ago. What brought you to Accra? So when we, when we met you, um, and when I say we, I mean CTFM and um, the Star Ghana Project. When we met you, you had moved to Accra. Yes, I had. I was, okay. I think, first year, second semester um, in school. Okay. That's when, yeah. So I remember your documentary was on teenage pregnancy. Yes. Is it? And so I remember one particular voice from your documentary was the voice of the chief. And I remember him saying, we can't do sex education. The children, if they know sex education, they'll have sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he still the chief? I think so. (laughs) I hardly go home now. And when I go, I don't ask of him, so... But how is, um, when, whenever you make um, the time to go back, what's the situation like now? Is, has it reduced the rate of teenage pregnancy? Um, it has. But then you still find um, one or two people who, still, um, who are still pregnant. For instance, the girl, the main girl who was in yeah. my, she, she had twins with the same boy. Okay. So and now they live together. So and she's still, she's. It's not really a marriage, but yeah, she had kids, so they yeah, lived together. and they are living together, and she couldn't continue her education. But we have more; you have more people now um, going to high school and then going finding so, other tertiary institutions to go to. So. so you know what's fascinating about your story? You you grew up basically in Gomakoti. Yes. So, I mean, I it, it's a it's not a place where there are tertiary institutions no, are there. No, no. So. What made you decide I want to go for the camera? I want to tell stories. What made you decide to apply for the project? It was a 
So I wasn't serious about the project. Okay. I didn't know it really? was... Really? Do you know how, how much honest, sweat I put yes, into that project? I, <laughs> I didn't know it was that serious. I was just, okay, let me just... And I was very active on campus. I was with Journalist for Human Rights. Yeah. Very, very active. So when it came up, um, it was announced in our class. I was like, oh, let me just try it. Because first year, I was trying everything. Okay. So it was when I tried it. And to be honest, I didn't know what I was going to pursue in school. So it was after the project, I was like, oh, then this is, I think this is so, something I want to do. So I took it serious, and then this is where I am today. I'm very <laughs> so happy with the transition. I, yeah, I should be grateful to, <laughs> to you for coming up with the idea and everybody else. Otherwise, I wouldn't know what I would have been doing. Mm, I'm very happy I did it. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I wish we had more money to do that. I think a lot more people would benefit mm. from it. But, you know, yeah, that's it's Ghana. True. There isn't a lot of money. So I'm very interested in... You coming from Gomapati, which is, guys, this is totally, you know, <laughs> this is unfiltered. So I know Roberta, we talk a lot about, often it's about feminism, the silliness of Ghanaian men, um, the frustrations with patriarchy and all of that. We've really never spoken about Gomapati. How many, so in your class, right? My class. Your class, your JSS class, how many people made it? out when i say made it out it sounds like it sounds like an awful place okay (laughs) okay so i went i started school at gumakuti okay and i was moved to hope christian academy which which was an orphanage school oh okay so that's why i completed jhs where's where's that one that's in that's at gumafete gumafete okay um but the people i started with at gumakuti if i look back i think i remember just one myself and um ibn yeah, Eben is still in high. Um, no, Eben is in, in school. Um, okay. I think university. Okay, and he's the only person I remember who continued. Wow, so this would be a class of how many? Wow. I think it were more than twenty. Oh. Twenty. Yeah. I see. Did you, when you were there growing up, did you think? One day I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to take the camera and I'm going to do. No, <laughs> to what? be honest, I. <laughs> I I did those times I didn't really care about anything. I just and even now I live my life a day at a time. So I didn't really think about what the oh, future what I wanted to but I just knew that I didn't want to be there forever. Because there's there's nothing and especially when I came to Accra for the first time, my auntie when I went to high school, my auntie said I should come and live with her. So yeah. on vacation I'll come and live with her. And I come to Accra and I'm seeing so many things. And then you go back, I'm like, ah, this place, there's nothing fun here. So yeah. anytime I come to Accra and I go back home, I'm teasing my mom, my yeah. little sister, and my brother. Yeah. And they didn't understand until my sister also started coming to Accra. And she saw the difference. So anytime she's on vacation, she prefers to come, to come and live with me than go back. So I knew that I didn't want to be there forever because there were a lot of nice things in Accra. So I just and opportunities yes, too. Yes. And my parents were both um teachers. Okay. So you would have to learn. And they would always advise you. My mom would always tell you a story and say that she didn't have anybody to take care of her and blah 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 blah. So she learned hard and so then those were the motivations. And sometimes, you know, the people say my seniors or the people who were older when they come to Accra and they come back to the village, everybody is welcoming them yeah. and they are treated nicely and you yeah. want to be you want somebody to be like, that. like that. You, they come and they are showing you off and all of those things. So 
you'd want to come to Accra, go back and then and and actually it does happen. When I go home these days, you know everybody's yeah, celebrating. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> just <laughs> welcoming you, everybody is smiling and I see my mates and people so I actually also used to sell pure water. Okay. That's um we have a station where I used to sell pure water. Yeah. And the drivers who used to buy from me, when yeah, I, all when happy I greet to them, there was this one time I went home and there's this particular driver who doesn't buy from anybody yeah. apart from me. Oh. So he saw me, I was like, ah, where have you been? I was like, oh, uh, I've been in Accra, I was in school, now I'm done. He, and he was so happy. And he actually said I should come, he'll give me a gift, but I didn't oh. go. <laughs> so you go and people see you and like, oh, so you, where have you been? It's been a while. You tell them, oh, I've been in Accra. No, and they're happy. In so, and they're happy for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you it's think, a nice feeling. It's a nice feeling. You think, I mean, it, it's, it's nice that people are happy for you, right? But do you look back, now that you're in Accra, um, I know... You know, city does take you to certain places mm-hmm. because it's, you know, one of the biggest media stations. And so you've had a lot of experience. Do you sit back and and think, oh, my God, my community is so deprived and we deserve better? I do. I do. And sometimes I actually look for people to come there and maybe educate them on maybe sexual, because I started it with them. Um, um, Sarayabua oh, um, yeah, during the, yeah, project. the project and when I wanted to continue my mom was scared because to her I am just starting life yes. and she doesn't want anybody bewitching me <laughs> so it, it was it was we had to have, have a discussion about that and she said she wasn't going to let it happen so I had to just let yeah. it go but most of the time when I go I'm like and our house is by the roadside. Yeah. So, and there was this road we were constructing. It took, like, forever, like, and the room is dusty, and people sell by the roadside and the station, and we have, we don't have any proper place we actually even fetch water. So, like, the place is deprived, but when I also come to Accra and I go to other places, I see that we are better, so yeah. it's manageable. I go and I'm asking for the MP or, oh, have you ever seen the MP around? You only see them when it's election, election, and they come and give them money and all those things. And it's a deprived area, but at least we are better than. You are doing. You are doing that thing. The poverty Olympics yeah, thing. Like, yeah, oh, <laughs> you know that's not how it's supposed it's to be, being. but you you, should, you can only be grateful. Is that why? So, um, we're both on social media, yes. and you seem angry. I, I used to think I, I am, was angry. I am you're... very angry about everything that happens in this country, our leaders. Because, like, we have so much, and people work so hard, but they get nothing. Yeah. And the people who don't do anything always get Everything like by the people who don't do anything. I hope you're talking about the the politicians. The other people the I'm referring ch- the chiefs, to, like the everybody pastors. doesn't do anything because well, they are enjoying it and they don't see some of the things we even talk about. They do not. They cannot even relate because well, they are not in your class. I wake up every morning and I'm coming to work and I'm seeing people by the roadside begging children and if they were 
um, even the physically challenged, if there were social interventions for them, these people shouldn't be on the street. They are Ghanaians. They didn't choose to be Ghanaians. And so as a leader, these people also vote. When is election time? You encourage all of these people to go and vote. And to Only be honest, for you to be the resources in the ground belong to all of us. And so if you sell Ghana's gold or oil and there's some money, they need to benefit. So I, I, I simply cannot understand how our leaders would be behaving and acting the way they are. So you're so angry about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, roads, housing, infrastructure, poverty, infrastructure, everything. all of this. So when you, you're this angry and then one day you wake up and they've read the budgets, they read the budgets on Friday. Or was it Thursday? It was Thursday. <laughs> I think, yeah. Yes, and, and then you're told that the government is going to give seed money for the construction of the cathedral and the Bible Museum. How does that make you feel? makes me angrier. It makes me feel that these people don't care about you at all. No matter what you say, what they want to do is what they want to do. I gave a scenario that your dad has a house and he has, and that's in relation to the National Cathedral, and he has um, several toilets in there. But you share, maybe you're 20 years old, your sister is 25, and you share a room with your sister. And then your dad has a friend, a very rich friend, and he says, oh, I'll give you some more money to build um, toilet in mm-hmm. your house. And then, like, the toilet is good. Um, they have to break a portion of your room to make the toilet. And this room is maybe a single room, and you're sharing it with your sister. And you already have enough toilets in the yeah. house. But because you're, it's a, your father's friend, who is very rich, the money is not coming from your father, and it's your so, father's friend who's giving it to your father. You're like, oh, okay. You can just break that part of our room. Yeah, and Meanwhile, you know that you need two separate rooms, one for yourself and one for your sister. And so the people who defend it and say that, oh, but the money is not going to come from the government. Who says the money is not coming? If it's not coming from the... So then, if you are even raising um, funds for the cathedral, can't you use the same approach to raise funds or even the money? Can't it be used for other things? Because we've been talking about ambulances for a very long time for me it's really heartbreaking because you have to think that people who serve a god who believe that jesus is the way the truth and the light would then know that would always think in terms of what would jesus have done and so would jesus have preferred that we build a cathedral when children study on bare floors in this country, when hospitals have no oxygen, when hospital floors are filthy because there are no disinfectants to clean, when doctors have no gloves, there are medications in this country that you can search for days and not find the medication. And I'm also saying that it's because they cannot relate to the things that we feel. No, but for instance, when when George George Ander had a car crash at when he was on the Casual Road. He was airlifted. Yeah. So he doesn't... He, he won't feel like, it. He won't wait, feel it. But wait, Roberta. Mm-hmm. You and I know people who are not at the level of George Anda mm-hmm. or the presidency mm-hmm. or any minister mm-hmm. who are just everyday Christians who mm-hmm. are defending it. These are the people who might get caught in an accident and there won't be an ambulance for them. They won't be airlifted. But these are the people who are defending because, the project. Because they have also been, shall I say, brainwashed. <laughs> that, you know... And people actually quote the Bible and say that uh, for all the great kings, they built, they built churches. What, churches or whatever. And oh, these God. things are not... Like, you cannot justify the building of the National Cathedral 
with any other thing. I agree. Because there are so many things we lack roads. Yesterday, somebody sent a picture of where people somewhere in the north fetch water from. And it's... <laughs> it's like, you know, sometimes you it's, think about it and it's like they are not in Ghana. And I always joke about how just an hour outside Accra, you go to say Kaswa or some place in Amasaman mm-hmm. and it's the, the poverty, the, the level of poverty is so shocking like you haven't seen it before and these are these people are not they are not in our front plains it's, which is not uh, you know close to the capital it's it's sad to know that these politicians do not care about Ghanaians you know and there's there's this poem that ambassadors of poverty are the corrupt masters of our <laughs> with their heads abroad and yeah. their anus at home yeah. everything good uh, they don't want anything good for the country, yeah. but everything bad, Detroit on us. Look yeah. at how can you go into a negotiation like, or with all the what, um, uh, mining companies in the country? You don't like you don't. Do you think about the ordinary Ghanaian? Because honestly, I think I feel that if they do and they think about the well-being of Ghanaians, they won't be doing some of the things. But you know, do you also think so? I. I blame leadership a lot, but I think the people also have to have a, some take some of the blame because number one, you what you people, accept, what do you the people, Ghanaians, Ghanaians, we have to take some of the the responsibility, the blame because mm. what you accept is what you're going to get. And for a long period of time, we have accepted this is bad governance. What we're living with is bad governance. It it should not happen under any mm. circumstance where George Anda gets airlifted and nobody else, no other Ghanaian who is not <laughs> in a powerful position gets airlifted. It shouldn't happen. But we think that we have accepted that this is okay. And so I feel most of us, especially those of us who know better, and who have should kept be quiet. Yes, who should be agitating because I feel, so I have a lot of respect for people who come to social media who are constantly angry and, and asking questions and questioning the president and everybody who is online. I have a lot of respect for them because that's like a step further than just saying at home and say, oh, you are not taking it. For them, they are not taking it. They may not be on the streets protesting, but they are refusing to take it. So I have a lot of respect for them. But I question everybody else. On, we are all like on the margins of the society mm-hmm. who worship these people and won't hold them to a higher standard. <laughs> I don't either. But I know the majority because if you, if you listen to the number of some of the people who are defending the National Cathedral, it's unbelievable. Yes, it is. It's unbelievable. Like, like <laughs> it's the same thing when it comes to like feminism ah. and equality. Yeah. The things people say, you know, sometimes you respect people so much and they say something like, <laughs> like, so really, this is point, in your head. <laughs> it, it got to a point I had to be unfollowing a lot of people on social media because, yeah. like, I respected them. And then when Pepper Dems came, yeah, the things they were saying, I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, this is the person I've respected for all this while. So, I think that for most people, it's also the means to. Yeah, for, okay. mo- for most people, it's, I think they're, you know, maybe I judge people too hard, but also people are worried about their bread and butter issues, and so they're not going to protest all the time. And people think powerful people have enough, so if we're nice to them, they and may victimiz- give us some. victimization. Also plays a role, and yeah. so there is that. Um, as for feminism in Ghana, 
It's the one thing that all Ghanaians can agree and hate on. I think it's feminism and homosexual rights. If that one, and we will forget so, we are yeah. poor, we're being yeah. exploited by our leaders, we'll forget mm-hmm. all of that and then go for the feminist or the gay person. There is that. So I also wanted to speak to you about, you were covering the NDC elections. elections. We all spent two days not sleeping. The whole night. So on Saturday nights, we assumed that by 1 a.m. because it will be done. done. (laughs) And so I set my alarm. And I was like, by 1 a.m. I'm just going home. Yeah, I'm like, guys, I'm just going to, you know, put my head here until 1 a.m. Yeah. Then 1 a.m. I panicked. Nothing, nothing on oh, the phone. Oh, you woke up at 1 a.m. My alarm went, so I oh, panicked. Okay. The whole night I did not sleep because I kept checking. I checking social media, checking the group, yeah. nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> only for me, so eventually I said, only for me to wake up, call a Ben and be like, What's up? He's like, Oh, they are still voting. Yeah. This was around 8 a.m. Yeah. What happened? So I think that the whole thing wasn't, or did he? It wasn't well planned. Bringing nine thousand people from different places to one place to come and vote for national executives, they didn't think that they would need maybe a lot of um, polling stations. Polling stations um, to vote at. How do because they not, I, Robert? I don't even want to hear this. This because, part of how do they to be not honest, think? It was at, 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 the latter part where they, they, they saw that, oh, no, if we don't do something about this... We'll, we'll vote, vote for three like, Yes, so they had to create, like, more police stations for people to go and vote but and all of that. they knew they were bringing... They told us, they gave and, us and a number. And their excuse was that, well, this is the first time any party is organizing such a congress with this number of people. So, I mean, these challenges are I, about... Like, it was crazy. Guys, you should see like, my face. I don't... <laughs> I don't because it's that lack of planning that, that a party brings into government. If you cannot plan for nine thousand people, do you think I should trust you to come into power and come and plan for thirty million people? You knew that you were going to have this congress yeah. congress at this venue for months, and so you and you knew who you were bringing. Yeah. You knew the exact number yeah. of people you were bringing. Yeah. There is no excuse for them to come and say. Oh, we've not done this at this venue before, and we are and not. Doing, yeah, it's and nobody has ever done something to me. like that. And but you know, when we go to congresses, mm-hmm. um, there's there are other things we see. So you see the people who do the money thing. Did you notice the money. sharing of things? Money. I, I didn't. Okay. I didn't. I didn't notice anybody sharing money. I, I would say that the place was very calm and okay. everything was apart from the voting. the voting process i think that every everything else was okay because okay. you didn't have any chaos okay. any i didn't see anything like that okay. it was just when the, i think they had to do some um amendments yeah which and the, then yeah yeah the, and you had the people, treasurers decided yeah. they do not apart want. from that i didn't i didn't notice any okay so guys backstory to the treasurers thing <laughs> ndc in, wanted to amend their constitution where they would no longer elect treasurers, but they would put in professional accountants in those positions. <laughs> the treasurers rebelled and said no. So they <laughs> they hoped to be able to settle this at another meeting. Yeah. But you know, it, it was striking for me that in the number of people, I think I counted the number of women that contested for positions and I couldn't count more than 10. So this question was asked 
So we had a mini um, studio. Yeah. I was editing videos. And, yeah. Um, and this question was asked to... Um, two women were brought on yeah. the panel and um, they were asked. And one said that, well, you didn't even have women contesting um, in the previous elections. And so now you this have a few better. women, it's better. It's, a, it's an improvement. Um, I think that, you see, it's still the mi- mindset of people or saying that the woman's place is the kitchen. I think that it still has a role to play. Women have not, a few women have not been empowered enough. And even if they have, the men or the majority, the men, including some women, who might think that once a woman is contesting with a man, Maybe we should just give it to the man no, because the w- woman is going to be emotional about things and all of that. So well, there's also the belief that, like the 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 way we frame authority, mm-hmm. as in a leader must always be, be a man, be a man, and, and so the assistant that. has to be a woman. Yep. And there's also so, the fact that people it's expensive. I know you didn't see people sharing anything, but it's really expensive to contest for these positions. And how many women can raise three hundred thousand dollars to contest an election? All, all of these are factors. All of these yeah. play a role. And how many women contested? So you know there were lots of speeches. Um, Jerry was there. John Mahama was there. Very brief. Yeah, very brief, which is unusual for Jerry. Um, I don't know. So, speeches. Your thoughts on the speeches? Well, <laughs> uh, the the most striking one for me was the was it PNC or PPP? Is the PPP, PPP man who says that <laughs> we are <laughs> as an opposition party we have uh, something in common and yeah. that we are all in opposition. Yeah, he says it's and, your part, <laughs> no matter how big your party is, is, we are all in opposition. Yeah. And I think it was it was funny, but then <laughs> I think it was he, poignant. Yeah, too. yeah. And he was calling for them to unite as an opposition party to give Ghanaians a better option. Speaking uh, of a better option, Roberta, <laughs> do you think... <laughs> I mean, I know that we are complaining about the MPP a while ago, but do you think the NDC is any a safe bet? <laughs> okay, all of that silence is Roberta. <laughs> I just... I. <laughs> You know, since I voted just once, that's because I turned 18 not too long ago. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm old. <laughs> I don't Please. think I'm young. <laughs> so, when I, last, last um, 2016, yeah. when I went to vote, I voted for PPP. Hmm, and I, vote, I voted for Indun because I thought that we had given NEC and NPP too many opportunities and they haven't done anything better. They are like, the value is the same. Yeah. So, left to me alone, we should have tried PPP. But then, he's also a very small, you know, NDC and MPP are the major parties in the But countries. what do we even lose if we try PPP? Pe- I you know, know I, I think losing. that people, I don't... people are so used to, or majority of the people are so used to, NDC and NPP, and when Indum came, you realized that he did. He was he became the third option. Yeah. So if it's not NDC, it's NPP. But we yeah. we we know that he will never become the second option or anything of that sort. So uh, NDC NPP, to be honest, I'm tired of them. But we don't have another option. So 
we just have to manage. No, we can't. We don't have to manage. We can vote for a third force, or we can. I really but feel. How? I don't but how, know. How do we, we have do to that? figure out a way to organize. Guys, if you're listening, send us ideas. But I feel we have to. We have to think of new ways to do what we're doing. Not just voting for MPP and NDC, but also think of how to keep them accountable and effective mm. in power. Because I almost feel like we've built a political system that no matter who is in there, they're going to fail. And so basically, it's either we destroy the system, system or we reset. try in, and I would prefer, you know, a distraction of the system. Or the other option we have is just holding them accountable. Accountable, exactly. And I feel in our case, Probably that will be because Ghanaians are not a protesting. Let's destroy oh, everything. Oh, it's getting to that point. It's getting to that point because I, because what happened at um, um Adenta, yeah. yes, Medina, um, opened the eyes of many people and it encouraged a lot of people. So it was after that, I think um, people in other parts of the country said yeah, they were going to protest do if they don't. And so I think that if we keep, but the thing with that too is that. I mean, look at the number of people who showed up for the peaceful work, yeah. the peace work on on Monday. It was just a few people. Because so it people wasn't a go protest. To, people go to work and all yeah. of that, and they might not be able to make time to go and protest. Oh, and so we still have a very long way to go, to be honest. Um, we do. We have a very, very we long do. way to go. All right. We're speaking for 30 minutes. Ooh, I wasn't yay. even expecting that. Um, and, and so, um, usually, um, I ask people after we've spoken about everything, what else is on their mind? If there's anything that's like, oh. you're thinking about what else is on your mind? reflections. Hmm. What's on my mind? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I saw, I don't know if it's like joke or something, yeah. but I saw this thing that says that, um, and it's in relation to tax. Okay. That says that, um, are you a photographer or a videographer or a stage yeah. service provider? Come and let's have a discussion about your tax. tax. <laughs> are they serious? And then there, there's this thing, I'm seeing a lot of things where they have the excise um, yeah, tax stamp, on, like yeah. on pepper, on bangu um, and crap. Yeah. And it's, it's funny, Ghanaians are making, that's one thing about us, we make fun of, we have Every to live. Serious we have to end. live. <laughs> we seriously have to live, and, and we, you know, have to find laughter and joy well, even in the. That's in the one mundane. thing you'd love about this country: how yeah. we are able to laugh about everything, but also get serious and when move it on. <laughs> I think sometimes, although sometimes I feel we play too much. I think we play too much. Like, I wish all that energy... I mean, I don't want people protesting every week. But I don't want people protesting every day, but I want people to be so upset that they are at people's... They are in front of buildings demanding yeah. justice and things like that. Anyway, so what am I thinking about? I'm thinking about a sky train. So I am... I don't know. People who are afraid of heights, what's the word for them? I don't know. But it has to be something phobia. Yeah, something phobia. <laughs> so I think I suffer something phobia. Like, I'm afraid of heights, right? So I think, oh my God, if they get a sky train. Not that I believe it's going to happen because there are no trains <laughs> on the ground. But I'm like, oh my God, we're going to get sky trains and I may not be able to go up in the sky. That's really Somebody says, me. somebody says, so if they get the sky train, what happens? <laughs> And they want to go to Kumasi and they get to Kuforidia. How do they to buy, buy bread? <laughs> exactly. 
How are we going to buy bread? <laughs> Just fix the normal train on the ground. Anyway, yeah. so Roberta, thanks for coming. Um, and thanks for talking to me and being candid. And I hope to be on the podcast every now and then. It's, yeah, it's we, sh- we, should, we should do it every now and then, whenever you're free. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so guys, that's that. That's the end of our show. Um, I thank Roberta for coming. So thank you for listening to Unfiltered, this time recorded here at CTFM. My name is Anna Majmanasanti. Please follow us on SoundCloud, Twitter, and iTunes and or wherever you get your podcast from. Thanks for listening. Until next time, bye. But thank God she's brilliant. Thank God she's relentlessly unapologetic. Thank God she has her own. Thank God likability is not a prerequisite for her awesomeness. Thank God she's an infinitely evolving creature who has not a care to give because...